This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Your Money on Business Radio. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Your Money, Sirius XM's Channel 132, Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. And Ken Smith is a professor at the Wharton campus in Philadelphia. Remember, we are live every Tuesdays from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern. That's 2 to 3 p.m. for those of you on the West Coast. And the purpose of the show is simply to help you make better decisions with your money. So you know the drill. Now's the time to give me a call here at 1-844-WHARTON. That's one 844 uh, 942-7866. It's uh, it, Wharton spelled like the school, W-H-A-R-T-O-N. And you can also connect with me online by going to my website, uh, kentonmoney.com. Uh, and so today I'm joined by Todd Brundage, who's the founder and president of Pacific Capital Works in Portland, Oregon. Like all other advisors on this show in this segment, Todd, it is fee only. Welcome back to the show, Todd. Hey, thanks, Ken. Thanks for having me. And uh, if you got a question for Todd and myself, again, give us a call here at one eight four four Wharton. That's one eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. So uh, before doing that, uh, going back to the phone line, Todd, just remind us a little bit about your firm. If you have a typical client, what's he or she like? Uh, well, we uh, we work with um, a team of experts to optimize finances for entrepreneurs and executives. So uh, that's really where we focus. Yeah, excellent. And again, speak of Todd Brundage, who's the founder and president of Pacific Capital Works in Portland, Oregon. If you've got any question, give us a call. I'd love to answer your question here at one eight four four Wharton. That is one eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. And let me go to Kelvin, uh, calling from Virginia. How can I help you, Kelvin? Yeah, so um I'm twenty seven years old and I have uh you know, I graduated college about two years ago and I've you know, saved up quite a few uh I have saved up some money, and I wanted to know, like, aside from the 401k, what is another avenue of just investing that's, uh, uh, of course, riskier since I am younger, and uh, but also uh, with potential gains, um, well, significant gains. Yeah. Um, just wanted to see what was out there and what suggestions you guys uh, would have for that. Sure. You ever heard of Bitcoin? No, I'm just kidding. So let's talk about the 401k. Um, you, lied. you said risk. No, I'm kidding. Let's talk about the 401k first. You said outside the 401k. Is that because you're maxing it out or because you don't have access to it? Well, the thing is that, I mean, nowadays people are talking about that 401k. Uh, from what I hear, is not going to be something that uh, is going to be around for a long time. Um, and... Um, and so people are investing in other things. Of course, you mentioned Bitcoin. Um, that's yeah. something that I also invest in. Oh. Uh, and I know that. It's, Dude, it's I, 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 we're going to have to go through your blog list, and, you know, who, who you're reading up on. The 401k is not going to be a, a, around. It, it, I, I've never heard of this before. I mean, uh, I'm not even sure what that, that, that means. I mean, so uh, are you contributing to a 401k right now? Uh, I was um, initially, but then I completely pulled out all of my uh, 401k savings and um, now it's more like I I have uh, basically um, what do you call it Uh, liquidated mostly everything uh, so that I can have it like in my savings but now that I have the money I want to utilize it where it's when did you um, when did you pull out the money uh, I did that about 
like six months ago. Six uh, months. Well, about, sorry, sorry, about three months ago. Oh, three three months ago. All right. So yeah. you're gonna, you're. How much money did you pull out? Uh, I was about twenty two thousand dollars. And it's just sitting in your in your bank account. It's sitting right now. It's just sitting in my bank account. But uh, that's why. Well. All right. I have more than twenty two thousand dollars sitting in my bank account currently. No, no. But um, that's how much you pulled out. So, how much? What's your what's your yearly income? Uh, ballpark it. Uh, Two hundred and fifty k. Two hundred fifty thousand. All right. So you're in the highest marginal tax bracket, and because um, you're single, I, I assume, and uh, so you're in the highest marginal tax bracket, and you're also gonna get a hit with a ten percent uh, penalty for what you just did, and so you're gonna. Uh, you should basically assume that you're about that twenty two thousand dollars. You're gonna. Have you filed your taxes for last year yet? Uh, I have not. I okay. Haven't. All right. So you're gonna you're gonna owe a pretty significant tax bill on that twenty two thousand dollars. You about half of it is going to go uh, back to the federal government, and it's going to take two forms. One is your marginal tax rate uh, will kick in, and so you're gonna that's gonna be that's gonna be an income uh, source of income. Plus, you're gonna pay a ten percent penalty. Uh, um, uh, on that uh, amount, so and that's going to add up to close to about half, you know, of what you, half yeah, half the amount on that, yeah. So, so what was your? Uh, so I was going to originally say because the younger people will often think about Ross and things like that. I mean, so you pulled it out just because some someone told you that the four hundred one k is going to go going away. Was was your employer doing some matching? So, um, so what I wanted to do initially was invest in real estate yeah um and you know get into real estate uh you know pull that money out and then uh potentially gain more money than i would uh, in the 401k let me ask you does your Um, employer do a match they don't and that's one of the other reasons okay sure i i pulled out uh because they weren't matching and so i was just um i think my uh percentage was like 15 percent I was putting in. Yeah, yeah. But you're still in a very so, high uh, marginal tax rate. So, I mean, it's a big tax benefit uh, for even making the contributions, uh, even if you did it kind of pre-tax. Uh, so, I mean, it's... Uh, and you, So, the, what I understand is that you're just, you know, view this as, a, for, for whatever reason, uh, that the 401k is not good for you. And so, you're trying to think of something... Um, else to do. And I assume this 401k that you pulled out from, this is your current employer 401k, not a former employer. Is that right? Yeah, it's, it's yeah. Uh, the current, my current employer. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, okay. So, t- like so said, the reason why I yeah. did it mainly was, uh, like, like I was saying, like, you know, things things do change. And that's why, I, like, I was reading up uh, or I was listening to, um, I'm not sure if you've heard of, um, the guy from Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was looking. I was reading. I was uh, watching one of his YouTube videos, and he did mention something in regards to 401ks not being around for too long, or you know, something's happening in regards to the 401k down the road. 
Yeah, um, you know, you got to watch less stuff online. Stop reading the red state blogs and everything. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so I, I think, it, yeah, that's just hogwash. Uh, the 401k is not going anywhere anytime soon. So, Todd, you know, uh, we usually think of the, you know, obviously the first step, we want to make sure we have a decent emergency account. But really explain, even without a match, the, the real value here. Again, he's making $250,000 a single person. Yeah, I mean, um, it's Calvin, right? Um, yeah, Calvin. Yeah, I mean, you're making good money for, you know, for where you're at. And what you're doing, what you're talking about is seeking return, which is, you know, understandable at your age. And um, But one of the big things you'll find out in investing is, is – you know, paying taxes and ma maximizing or minimizing the amount of taxes that you pay is almost as if not important as, as returns. And so these government 401ks, I've never heard, and I read a lot, and probably not as much as Ken, but <laughs> I read a lot, and I've never seen anything that indicates that, that they're going away. And if anything, I think the government's been, you know, policy has been working on anything to create some kind of um, retirement debauchery down the road for people not saving enough. Um, so I think yeah. contributing to your 401k is, is an immediate way to reduce your taxes. Yeah. Um, and and you're, you're talking on, you know, at least a third, if not more, um, that you're reducing. And, and if you don't put that money in the 401k, you're going to pay that to the government. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah. yeah. And so, uh, so Virginia, if I remember correctly, I've, I would have to look this up. I mean, the state income tax probably. Do you, do you remember what that is, Kelvin? It's about five-ish percent uh, uh, an income. Do you recall? Yeah. Yeah, it's about five-ish. So suppose I made you the following deal: for every dollar you put in your four hundred one k, I'll give you forty cents contribution to your four hundred one k. Would you think that was a pretty good match? Uh, well, yeah, of course. Okay. Well, that's I mean, what I'm getting something. Oh, okay. That's what you're giving up right now. Cuz right now you're in the federal marginal tax bracket of 35% and uh, so you just gave up 35 cents for every dollar that you uh, would have contributed plus the the Virginia stuff. So uh, roughly 40 cents uh, free money um, that you're giving up uh, every year, and that's assuming that you did it on a pre-tax basis, which, you know, younger people will often want to put them in the Roth options if that were available in your 401k. Uh, that's not so important right now because, you know, this is, you're making really good income. Um, so that you're giving up about 40 cents in every dollar by not make, doing these contributions, whereas instead, if you use your after-tax money to invest in real estate, not only are you taking a really focused risk uh, on multiple dimensions, it's one asset class, you're maybe investing in real estate around you so it's even less diversified because it's actually around you. Um, so if, you know, there's a big local uh, unemployment shock or things like that, there's a double whammy because your firm is not going to do as well. Real estate is not going to do as well in the local area. So you're basically giving up a huge amount of uh, uh, money and diversification. So that 40 cents goes up even more when you think about the value of diversification. Here's how you really should break it down. The first 
first is that you always want to have a good emergency account. And that's about, we usually say three to six months of expenses, um, a little bit higher if you have some student loans or if you have um, a risky job in the oil industry, would even jack that up even more. Um, and then the second is make that 401k contribution. Of course, you want the free money from the employer, but you're in a high marginal tax bracket. You definitely want that free money here. Uh, they, and even the personal AMT is not the like it used to be. So you're gonna you're th- you're giving up a lot of money come tax time on that. And then you know third is that if you tap out your 401k, which you usually could do, um, you, you're gonna hit that nineteen thousand dollars of contributions really easily. It's after that point I would say open up a taxable brokerage account because you're gonna easily hit that nineteen thousand dollars limit with your type of cash flow. That that point after you max out your 401k, then open up a taxable brokerage account at Vanguard and so forth. And what you're going to do in that taxable brokerage account, you're going to put more of your stocks in that account. And then your 401k, maybe when given that you're young, you could still hold that completely in stocks. But as you get older, you want to have that 401k tilt more toward bonds while still holding stocks in your taxable brokerage account. Um, And that's going to be really tax efficient um, as well, especially if you don't trade that taxable brokerage account very often by holding like something like a Vanguard total stock market index, something like that. That's, so that's known as, you know, first of all, you're taking advantage of the, uh, the, uh, the pre-tax contributions in the 401k, and then you're doing what's called the asset location. Um, that's a really great strategy. Um, and after you've built up a nice nest egg, you want to start taking specific bets in real estate, you know, go for it. Uh, I just don't think it's it's the firm basis for anything. Just, you know, you, you, I, I'm giving you the opinion, the trusted opinion. Uh, 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 many financial advisors would agree with this point, and certainly it's the, uh, the wisdom of economists and data proven over time. So thanks so much for calling, Kelvin. Really appreciate it. And uh, again, speaking with uh, Todd Brundage, uh, doing a great job answering your questions. He's the founder and president of Pacific Capital Works in Portland, Oregon. So give us a call. Let us answer your questions here at one eight four four Wart, and that's one eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. Let me go to Michael calling from South Carolina. How can you help me, Michael? Hi, first time caller. Great show. Great. I had a question about, I have um, real estate in Atlanta area. Um, it's in an area that's gentrifying. Yeah. I would say that the area is probably about 50% there. Um, that's about $500 million uh, worth of, of investment that's on the table right now. Mm-hmm. So my question is, should I hold on to my property? I owe 160000 on it. And the comps around my home are going for like four hundred and twenty-five thousand. Mm-hmm. So my question is, when when do I know when to sell? Uh, should I hold off and wait for that five hundred million? They're they're planning on doing a local mall in the area. Yeah, it's going to bring in some office space and uh, new apartments. So my thing is, when do you know when to sell when you're in an area that's gentrified? Yeah, it's it's, it's, a, it's a great question because, you know, in some sense, you know, what you would normally think is, well, that should... All that information should already be incorporated into the price that people are willing to pay uh, for that for that uh, asset, and, I, and that's certainly true with lots of assets. And maybe real estate's a little bit different because it waits, it really waits until the demand curve does shift out as people move into that area, and and so on. I mean, in theory, 
it should already be incorporated into the price that people are willing to willing to pay. But you know, maybe it's a little bit different when it comes to kind of local uh, type stuff. Let me ask you though, Michael. So this sounds like it's an extra property. You don't need it. Um, and you're just trying to think of it as an investment property. Well, right now I live in Myrtle Beach because I'm a college student. Okay. So I have some tenants tenants that have been there for three years. So I was wondering, do sure. I? And are you planning uh, moving back? Again? Are you planning moving back to that property at some point, or it's truly just an investment? I I do plan on moving back, um, but I can I can also let go of the home if. I mean, if the equity keeps going up, I just want to take advantage of it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, Todd, this is a little bit more challenging. We're not going to investigate everything about Michael's finances because this is a more specific question here. Uh, And then it's market timing when it comes to real estate. You know, if this was any other asset class, we'd say, no, no, no. I mean, all that information is public knowledge already incorporated into the price that people are willing to pay or mm-hmm. reflected in markets. Do you think real estate's a little bit different in this in this uh, scenario? Or do you think that the, the normal, you know, it's all incorporated in the price logic still goes through? Yeah, you know, I, 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 I don't think it's necessarily is in real estate market. I mean, the real estate, Atlanta's real estate market, I obviously don't know much about it, but um, there's a lot of metrics that, that may or may not go into it. I, I just under hear that you know that that it's growing. Um, sure, but um, you, you know, don't have to think about Lambda in particular. Just real estate as a, as an asset class. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I think it's a it's a little bit certainly more efficient inefficient than uh, you know say the stock market. Um, you know, and and there's higher transaction costs and um, you know that, that play into that. Um, but I, I think in general, you know, you're only going to be able to sell it for the price that it's you know that it's selling for. So I think you know perhaps he should think of it as an efficient market and and the and the price that he's, he's getting is is what people are kind of willing to to pay for it. You know, and that cannot certainly fluctuate. Uh, from time time to time in a year, you know, in a real estate market, um, based on what's going on in that local market. Yeah. Um, but I would say if he's going to sell that property, um, and I've seen people use, you know, he's going to pay taxes on any kind of gains again, and and so I've seen people use 1031 exchanges. Yeah. Um, Good point. You know, quite nicely. Yeah. So if he could put that into another piece of real estate that that he wants to hang on to. Um, he could 1031 exchange that when he makes the sale and 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 avoid having to pay any kind of taxes on it. Yeah, so it's one of the things I wanted to probe as well. I mean, I think that's a, it's a it's a really important point. I mean, so so Michael, I mean, normally the advice would be given that um, if this is especially any other asset class. You would say that the price mm-hmm. that you, you know, the equity that you think you can get today by based on current prices. I mean, everybody know it's not just you that who knows that the mall is coming in. Everybody else knows that too. So that you know, the right. willingness to pay for should be reflected in that in that in that price. Do we think that local real estate markets are probably as efficient as say if this were we're talking about oil prices and gold and things like that or trade on rural exchanges? I mean, of course not. And so first we don't have exchanges or it's often very localized things. Uh, there's a lot more frictions and so forth. Um, and, and so it could be 
be the case that indeed you're going to be able to ride this price up for a while but do keep in mind it could also be coming down we know malls are also very risky um, and of course it may take a few years for that to happen so i would say you know if you are going to be graduating in a in a couple of years you're going to need a property anyway i mean it's maybe mm-hmm. okay to just to hold on um, to this current property and, and once you get that capital gains just reinvest that money back into a property that you're going to need um, and mm-hmm. you know and not worry about trying to do that today to avoid the capital gains um, and that's okay. what what you know Todd was talking about the 1031 exchange where essentially what you can do is you, you can avoid the capital gains by kind of essentially reinvesting in a, in in real estate uh, again, mm-hmm. uh, but if you're going to be graduating in a couple of years from now, maybe uh, think about selling the property then. Yeah, who knows? Maybe you need to move okay. back there in yourself. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things that I'm really more balancing the tax issues uh, because I, I think managing okay. a property that kind of uh, remotely is always a challenging issue, especially a new property uh, is always challenging. So you know, I would I'd probably just wait until you actually kind of need the money for uh, another piece of property. But you know, it is a non-diversified asset so eventually you want to get get out of it um and but maybe use this for your primary home or whatever you're going to need in a couple of years so thanks so much Colin, michael really appreciate it and again uh, speaking with todd brundage who's the founder and president of pacific capital works in portland oregon and i kicking myself a little bit i thought about this and i usually do not revisit previous calls uh but i'm still thrown by this guy talking about the 401ks going away and let me point out one thing here even if hypothetically which is not going to happen and the 401k provision and tax law goes away, that doesn't mean you lose the money in your 401k. It's, it's, in fact, if I thought 401ks were suddenly going to get, get go away you know, 10 years from now because Congress can't afford the tax shield anymore, they need the money, uh, then in that case, I would actually want to do 401ks like crazy now as much as possible in order to max contributions. It's because um, it's not like your money disappears. It just means that the government's not giving you the tax break anymore in the future. That would really be the worst case scenario. So please, please don't, don't go uh, uh, believe everything that you see online unless I wrote it, which is you know the gospel truth in that case but no, but don't believe everything you read online that the 401ks are not going anywhere soon with that little sermon under my belt let me go to kelly colleen i'm sorry dave sorry we're gonna my bad dave we'll come back to you kelly uh dave calling from michigan how can you help you dave yes hi am i live you are live Okay, perfect. One, so, so no trash in Ohio State here. You're live. Uh, don't worry. I don't like the sports games anyway. <laughs> All right. But, uh, you know, it was an interesting past two callers that I've had the opportunity to listen to before I had a chance to talk to you. Yeah. Uh, I. So here's my story. I'm 32. I'm single. And I've done, I, I own a business. I sell hoses and rubber. And it's. You know, pretty successful. I've got a small little company. There's eight people that work for me. Good. Uh, I'm maxed out the 401k. But it, but I, I, I had a, a financial advisor, one of those RIA guys, or IRA guys, or whatever they are, yep. you know, fee-based, because I would say that's the good kind, uh, sit down and talk to me that I'm not, and tell me that I'm not diversified enough. And that... It just left a bad taste because I'll, I'll tell you, and, and his idea of diversifying essentially is all my assets are in the stock market or invested in some 
suitcase, and I just have different quests. That's his version of diversifying. But I've got, and I wasn't prepared to actually call. I didn't actually think I'd get through, to be honest. So uh, I'm not prepared, nor do I have my facts in front of me. But I've got a memory. But it, I've got real estate. I've got, I own 12 houses and condos. I bought them for about 700000 If you, If you go on the Internet, they say it's $1.1 million, right? So who knows what it's worth till you sell it. Sure. It's all, it's, it's all monopoly anyway, you know, for, for that. But right. it's got a good income, you know, after I pay tax, uh, after I pay the taxes, yeah. the property management company, yeah. you know, it's about hundred grand a year and I collect the 150 and that's, that's a great, uh, it's okay. kind of lazy money. Yeah. I, uh, so well, how, got, how could we help you? So, between my houses, I own part of a small marijuana farm out in Colorado. I have a business. I have some money in the stock market. I old 401k and and my new one. I've got about eighty or ninety thousand. Right. And I uh, speaking about gold. I've got you know fifty coins that are now each or so. Right. Uh, Everyone's, you know, uh, this one guy and a partner. Yeah, yeah. All right, right. Let's listen, listen, Dave. We're gonna have yeah. to, we're gonna have to narrow it down. What's your question? Why? So I've got all these assets. Yeah. Classes, and I'm being told I'm not diversified enough. Yeah. And they're not related to each other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's true. Real estate and gold and so forth. I don't know what the correlation is between the two. I mean, I do keep in mind, Dave, you said fee-based. and this show, we say only fee-only. There is actually a difference. So you want to look for a fee-only advisor. Having said that, the advice he's giving you is maybe on point here. So what you just described, Todd, I mean, he's talking about real estate. He has a business. He has some gold. He has a has a, a, a marijuana investment. Um, it, it's per, what we'd normally call alternative investments uh, for, for the most part. You know, explain, uh, uh, do you see that as potentially diversified or should he actually be thinking about something like a low-cost, cheap passive index, you know, S&P 500 type fund? Yeah, no, I mean, um, I, you know, the alternative investments that you're owning, they're all, you know, they're all kind of located domestically. <laughs> um, and it sounds like you're getting some cash flow from your, um, you know, from your, from your real estate. But um, I've seen a lot of other real estate investors kind of come into me and even the banks kind of harp on them as having some, some investments outside of that um, yeah. really kind of creates more diverse, diversification. I mean, you have nothing internationally. So when the international markets do well, um, you want to kind of be able to participate, you yeah. know, in that or, or when the stocks do bad, sometimes bonds do really well, or there could be some big catastrophe here in Michigan that really kind of wipes things out. So that might, in effect, hurt, you know, hurt your situation. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, you, you know, know. I, yeah, I agree with that. In particular, Dave, you know, I, I think the advisor is probably giving you pretty common information here because you're basically it sounds like almost all your investments outside the little bit that you mentioned in your 401k plan is in the category of kind of alternative investments and you know if you really want alternative investment exposure it's even more diversified ways of getting that but the problem is you don't have any core you don't you don't have any of the like the S&P 500 it sounds like outside of maybe your 401k uh, and, and so you could actually be way more diversified at cheaper, you know, uh, expense ratios, cheaper costs, 
by at least maybe putting a good chunk of your money into the uh, S&P 500 type fund, which you can buy, you know, Vanguard, Schwab, Fidelity, and so forth. In fact, they even have a zero expense ratio funds now just to try to get your business in the door to cross-sell your other stuff. Uh, and so, and plus then you have no international exposure, you have no bonds, and so, or a very limited amount. So the advice that was given to you, you know, it's, it's great that things are going well now. I mean, that's, that's always the problem. I remember this in 2005, 2006, trying to convince people that real estate, you know, was a risky asset class. People said, ah, no, it's just, it just always goes up until, you know, 2007 happened. And and people now say, well, wait a minute, that was just a once-in-a-lifetime type thing. Well, the whole world's different now. So, uh, and, all, and all this risk is priced, is priced in. So, what I would say is, you know, really do give some thought to maybe get a, a, a you know, a chunk of your change at least into something like the total stock market fund of, you know, Vanguard has a, an offering of that, a total bond fund, uh, and some, and as well as an international stock fund. All of those are, again, they come with risk, but the, in terms of expense ratio, it's very cheap, very commoditized, and commoditized is good, um, and you can still uh, have some of your alternative investments, which I would not have as large of a share of uh, 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 as you currently do. So thanks so much for calling for Dave. I appreciate it. And again, speak with Todd Brundage, who's the founder and president of Pacific Capital uh, Works in Portland, Oregon. Give me a call. Love the answer to question here at one eight four four Worth, and that's one eight four four nine. Four two seven eight six six. Let me go to Kelly calling from calling from New Jersey. Sorry, I cut you off earlier, Kelly. How can I help you? Uh, hi, no, no problem. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Um, actually, this is going to segue nicely from the last caller. Um, is it also about marijuana? Him was uh, no, not oh, okay. at all. Okay, <laughs> good, 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 good. Um, so um, I'm actually uh, I've been trying to help my mother out. Um, she is in her seventies, but she still works part time. Um, not yet fully retired, mm-hmm. um, and she has a couple of different, um, you know, uh, pots of savings. Some are in IRAs, um, but some she has mm. just that's you know just savings, and she's been um, buying CDs, mm. and um, so you know the CD rates are are absolutely terrible right now. <laughs> um, I think the best thing that she can get is something like one percent. Um, which pains me to see her do, especially for some of the money that she doesn't need in the short term. Um, and so I finally convinced her that I should be, uh, I sh- we should open up a brokerage account um, and start investing some of this just in total stock market and total bond market. And of course, heavily toward the bond uh, yeah. area because she. You know, she's older. Sure. Um, but my question is, I I was considering um, because she's in a she's in a low enough tax bracket that she can actually I can invest some of that into a Roth IRA. Now I know that she would have to wait five years after it's invested in that to be able to take that out without, um, I guess, without paying paying the taxes on the on the growth. Um, but is there any other reason why I wouldn't? Uh, want to have her in Roth? Yeah, I mean that way she wouldn't be paying taxes on any of the growth if she takes if she leaves it there for five years. Yeah, and so uh, let me first address. I mean, uh, it, so what, it is true that the recent Secure Act does change some of the Roth strategies. What you were t- originally talking about. 
Uh, if you try to do this, you know, uh, last year, that would there have been some challenges uh, uh, there because she she's already above age seventy and a half at this point. <laughs> uh, but nonetheless, it is true the Secure Act has, has has changed that. As much as I dislike the Secure Act in a lot of different ways, uh, it has changed this uh, particular facet uh, of it. What would be your your goal of trying to put her in in, in a in a Roth? Is it really uh, trying to get, create some another tax shield or you're just afraid of that and that's where you're going to put your bonds is it's producing some income like is is that the goal so yeah the goal is just basically that she would not be taxed on any of um, yeah presumably that's where you're going to put your bonds uh, for example because that and you're still subject to the annual contributions to it it's not like you could just plow everything yeah. in in there and it's still subject yeah. to against her actual income you, you have to have earned income uh, against yeah. that so if she stops working and so there's still some opportunities uh, there uh, in terms of this risk taking uh, you think is there going to be likely money left over after she passes that is that um, or do you think most of this money, if she if she were to live to a hundred, let's say, do you think there would still be money left over, or do you think um, there would not be? Live to a hundred, probably not money left over. Okay, all right, all but, right. Because um, if the answer were that, were yes, basis, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Okay. No, I I hear that, but we often, if she doesn't have an annuity or something like that, or fixed annuity, we don't like variable annuities on the show, but a true fixed annuity, uh, there's a good chance that you know if she could, that could happen. You never know, and you just want to protect against that. So the, we're not thinking of this money for you know investing for you, the next generation, where maybe she wants to take uh, a bit more risk and kind of in in your name here. So uh, Todd, I mean, uh, so we have a couple of minutes left in this segment, but yeah, what you think about using the Roth? And again, in this case, it would really be against earned income and should put it, uh, hopefully bonds in that, in that account, uh, in order to, uh, you know, uh, that's kind of the best tax shield. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, yeah, I, th- I think as hearing your story, I think just looking at strategy wise, it'd be good just to kind of re-strategize everything, kind of Capture everything, understand where your kind of goals are, yeah. and, and then kind of form, formulate your 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 pieces of the investment strategy so that you have this kind of this goal based kind of look at what you're trying to achieve. Um, you know, she is she's going to be locked out for a few years. So is her health, you know, good enough that this is something that you know um, that she's going to be you know around for? And then a lot of times Roth, you're just wanting you know more of a five to ten year kind of horizon is probably where which she'd probably be looking at. So you know, she could do you know municipal bonds and things like that too that you know wouldn't necessarily for the state of New Jersey that may not you know pay uh, you know any kind of income tax if that's if that's the the real drawback too. But um, Roth is one of the great great vehicles you know out there. So um, and uh, it's great to be able to withdraw money you know when, when you can, you know, completely tax free. So for uh, work and however long she she plans on working, you know, continues to go because there's an opportunity to access those kind of funds as well. Yeah. Yeah. So do keep in mind, you still, you still have the limits, Kelly, at, you know, seven, 7,000 bucks a year for 50 and older. Uh, at one point you could not make contributions below, uh, after the R, uh, the required minimum distribution date. Uh, a lot of that has changed. It looks like you've done your homework and yeah, you're locked out, but it sounds like you're saying, you know, this is for kind of longer term stuff that she's probably not going to need in the next five years anyway. But then at, you also talked about taking a little bit more stock market risk. Uh, so it'd be 10 
tempting, therefore, to say, well, the stocks are for the longer term, so I'll put that in my Roth. That would actually be the wrong strategy. You actually want to put the bonds in the Roth, um, and the, and she shouldn't really be holding that much uh, stocks at this uh, point anyway. Uh, but she, she the the bonds are, are best in the Roth because those are going to produce income, and those are going to um, uh, be shielded from the taxes while sitting in the Roth. Whereas the stocks, you're probably that's probably not going to be traded that much anyway if it's a well diversified, low cost uh, uh, investment. And so as a result of that, you're probably not going to have much need for a kind of tax uh, a shield on on that. So thanks so much for calling. Just uh, you just want to do what that's called asset location right, and it's probably the bonds that you're going to want to put into the for uh, into the Roth. So thanks so much for calling. And uh, Todd, fantastic job. Thanks so much for coming back on the show. And you can find out more about Todd by going to his website, which is PacificCapitalWorks.com. Again, PacificCapitalWorks.com. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play.